couple of minutes, pop everything down on the floor and listen very carefully. And I'm going to hand over to Claire for the story of the three trees. Once a farmer went out to sow three special seeds. He prepared the ground and planted them in just the right place. He watered them and the sun shone on them. He watered some more and the sun shone some more and they grew and grew and grew until they had grown into three of the tallest trees in the forest. Every day the trees would talk to each other. They would talk about the way the sun shone and about the way the wind blew. But most of all, they would talk about their hopes and dreams. They would ask each other, when the woodcutters come, what do you want to be made into most of all? It was a hard question. Maybe a rocking horse or a doll's house or maybe a great big chair. Each tree thought long and hard until each of them had made up their minds. The first tree looked up at the stars and said, Someday I hope to be a treasure chest. I could be filled with gold, silver and precious gems. I could be decorated with beautiful carving and I'll be the most beautiful treasure chest in the world. The second tree looked out at the small stream trickling by on its way to the ocean. Someday I'll be a mighty ship. I'll take kings and queens across the waters and sail to distant places. I'll be the strongest ship in the world. Finally, the third tree looked down into the valley below where people worked in a busy town and said, I don't want to leave the hilltop at all. I want to grow up so tall and straight that when people stop to look at me, they'll raise their eyes to heaven and think of God. I'll be the tallest tree of all time and people will always remember me. Years passed. The rain came and the sun shone and the trees grew tall. One day, three woodcutters came to the hill where the trees stood. One woodcutter came to the first tree and said, This looks like a strong tree. I think I can sell the wood to a carpenter. And he began to cut it down. The tree was happy because he knew that a carpenter could make him into a treasure chest. At the second tree, the woodcutter said, This looks like a strong tree. I should be able to sell it to the shipyard. This made the second tree very happy because he knew he was on his way to becoming a mighty ship. When the woodcutter came to the third tree, the tree stood up straight and tall and pointed bravely to heaven because he knew that if they cut him down, his dreams would not come true. The woodcutter said, any kind of tree will do for me and hardly looked at the tree as he cut it down. When the first tree arrived at the carpenters, he was so excited. The carpenter sawed and hammered and hammered and sawed. He took out his chisel and mallet and chopped away some of the edges. He took out his sandpaper and took off some of the rough bits. And then it was done. There it was, finished. The carpenter laid down his tools and the tree could finally see what he had become. And what he saw made him miserable. Not a beautiful treasure chest, but a feeding trough for animals. The carpenter filled the trough with hay and left it in a stable. The tree felt very sad. The second tree arrived at the shipyard, hardly able to contain his excitement as the shipbuilder began his work. The builder sawed and hammered and hammered and sawed. He took out his chisel and mallet and chopped away some of the edges. He took out his sandpaper and took off some of the rough bits. And then it was done. There it was, finished. The builder laid down his tools and the tree could finally see what he'd become. And what he saw made him miserable. Not a mighty ship, but a simple fishing boat. Some fishermen came and took him away, and every day they would set out to sea with a little boat, and they would fill their nets with fish and empty them into the boat. 
the tree felt very sad. The third tree was taken away by the woodcutter and he was the saddest of all the trees. He knew his dream of standing tall and helping people raise their eyes to heaven was already over. The woodcutter sawed and hammered and hammered and sawed. He took out his chisel and mallet and chopped away some of the edges. He decided not to sandpaper it and left the rough bits on. There it was, finished. The woodcutter laid down his tools and the tree could see what he had become. And what he saw made him more miserable than ever. Nothing more than a few beams of wood. The tree was so sad and ashamed, he didn't even mind when the woodcutter just left him alone in the corner of the lumberyard. What happened, he wondered. All I ever wanted was to stay on the hill and point to God. Many, many days and nights passed, and the three trees nearly forgot their dreams. But one night, golden starlight poured into the stable where the first tree had been left as a feeding trough for the animals. A man and a woman came to the stable that night. The woman gave birth to a baby boy and placed him in the feeding trough. The man whispered, I wish I could have made a cradle for him. The mother squeezed his hand and smiled as the starlight shone on the smooth and sturdy wood. This manger is beautiful, she said. And in that precious moment, the first tree knew that he was holding the greatest treasure in the world. Years later, a group of men crowded into the fishing boat made from the second tree. One of the men was tired and fell asleep as they sailed quietly out onto the lake. While they were out on the water, a great storm swelled up. The tree was frightened. He didn't think he was strong enough to keep the men safe in such a storm. The men woke the sleeping man who stood up stretched out his hand and said, peace. And with that, the storm stopped. Suddenly, the tree knew that he was carrying the king of kings. Finally, one Friday morning, someone came to the forgotten woodpile. The beams of the third tree were dragged from the pile and carried through the streets. The people mocked the man who was carrying them. When they came to a stop... The man was nailed to the beams and raised in the air to die at the top of a hill. The tree felt ugly and harsh and cruel. This was even worse than being left alone, forgotten for so many years. The man's body was taken away and the tree was left standing on a hill, wondering how he'd ended up so far from the things he dreamed of being. As the sun rose on that Sunday, the third tree felt the earth tremble with joy beneath him. Something had changed. The tree could hear voices shouting, he's risen, he's alive, I saw him die right here, but now he lives. He truly is the son of God, risen from the dead. God's love has changed everything. And then the third tree knew that the man who'd been nailed to his beams was Jesus. And that every time people thought of the third tree, they would think of God. And that was better than being the tallest tree in the whole world. Always remember that God knows your heart and he has a plan for you. If you place your trust in him, he will give you great gifts. Each of the trees got what they wanted and more, just not in the way that they had imagined. We don't always know what God's plans are for us. We just know that his ways are not our ways. But he has nothing but the best to give you. What a fantastic story. I think we should give Claire a big round of applause for her. 
Great, a really warm welcome to you this morning. How wonderful to celebrate Easter together. And it's lovely to see so many guests with us today. Really great to have you here. I'm Jo Henning. I'm with my husband, Nigel, and a great team of folk. And we lead the church here. And do you know, I was just reflecting this morning. I don't, I don't know about you. When did you first see an Easter egg this year? Has anyone had some Easter eggs this morning? Yes, hands up. Anybody have an Easter egg last week or an Easter egg hunt at school? Or an Easter bonnet hunt? Yes. Do you know, the first time that I saw an Easter egg this, this year was the week after Christmas. I was in Marks and Spencer's and I saw an Easter egg the week after Christmas. And it made me think, gosh, we can look forward to Easter for such a long time. And here we are. Easter, when we remember that Jesus died on the cross and rose again. But you know what I was thinking about this morning? I just remembered that there are lots of people in our world who aren't allowed to look forward to Easter or celebrate like us, aren't there? Has anybody heard about any places on the news yeah, where people aren't allowed to be Christians or aren't allowed to celebrate in a really public way? And today I just wonder if we can just spend a moment and we're just going to think about those Christians because the Bible says that they're our brothers and sisters, they're our family. And lots of them are celebrating Easter, not with Easter eggs and big Easter egg hunts and all that kind of stuff, but in a very quiet and a very secret way. So what we're going to do now, we're going to spend about a minute. And what I'd love you to do is I'd love you, if you're however old you are, to get the zip on your mouth. We're just going to close our zips. Mm-hmm. Close your mouth. And if you like, we're just going to close our eyes so we're not distracted. And just quietly in our heads, we're going to think about people who have to be very secret about the way they follow Jesus. And why don't you pray in your head and we'll ask God to get, help them and give them his grace and his strength today. So I'll tell you when you can unzip. Let's just zip up and we'll be quiet now. For the freedom that we have to celebrate. And we just want to pray for our brothers and our sisters in other countries who can't celebrate publicly. We pray today for grace and strength for them, for protection that you'd fill them afresh with your Holy Spirit and they'd know you really close. And we pray for provision for those who need it and comfort and healing for those who need that too. Now, I'd like you to unzip your mouth and we're going to whisper into our hands. We're going to whisper in our men and then we're going to throw it all the way up to heaven. You got that? So, amen in your hands. Whisper your amen into your hands. Are you ready? We're going to go, amen. But we're going to shout it really loud because here we can shout and celebrate. So whisper your amen. Amen. You ready? Amen. Thank you. So if you find it hard to sit still and you want a bit of distraction, if you're probably about under five, we've got some packs here for you to come and do some colouring and playing with. We've got a few family notices and then Nigel's going to speak. So if you want to come and get a colouring pack, guys, just down here where they usually are. And just so you have to do that quietly because I'm going to keep on talking to the grown-ups. Those of you who came in this morning who are regulars will have noticed we've made some changes in our cafe area. So... Thank you so very much to those people who came and took out the information desk and painted. And if you are free, can you hear me? I'll just take a minute. I tell you what, if you'd like to pass the offering baskets around now, that would be great. Let's try that again. So we're passing our offering baskets around now. If you're a guest with us, please don't feel under any obligation to give. But if you're part of the church family, thank you for the way that you give so generously. If we've run out of colouring packs, you might need to share them with a friend or a brother or a sister, okay? So as I was saying, thank you so much to those who helped paint the cafe last week. 
Some of you might need to just freeze up your mouths. That would be lovely if you could do that for a few minutes. Thank you. Thank you for those who painted the cafe. If you would like to help come and do some more painting this Wednesday, Mike would love to have you with us because we've got some new, new more bits around the venue to paint. So come and chat to me afterwards and we'll let you know the details. The second thing to say is today we are having our Easter shared lunch. And so if you have come with some food, great. If you haven't, you're really welcome to join us. We brought extra. So straight after the service, we'll be sharing lunch together in the cafe. And please stay if you can do it. It's a great way to kind of get to know people and chat. That would be lovely to do that. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Joe. Do sit down. Well, it's fantastic to see you all and happy Easter. I read a great quote on uh, a Twitter yesterday. A friend of mine tweeted this. Uh, it wasn't his quote. He was quoting somebody who's in the public eye. He said this, he said, Christmas is significant, Easter is decisive. Do you know who said that? It was Arsene Wenger, the Arsenal football manager. Um, (laughs) But I thought that that was a a great, I thought, you you know, never, never a more true and prophetic word spoken by somebody who perhaps didn't mean it like that. Anyway, if you could put this first slide up for me, and we're just going to read, I'm just going to read, with, perhaps if you've got your Bible, you want to turn to Mark, the book of Mark, chapter 16. By the way, kids, if you've got one of those colouring sheets, if you've got one of those colouring sheets, kids, shh, if you've got one of those colouring sheets, do your best colouring, because we'd love to see at the end what you've done, okay? And um, if there are people who didn't get them, because we've got quite a lot of people here today, perhaps you'd be up for sharing them. You guys, the point of colouring is you keep your voices down while you colour. Okay. <laughs> that is the idea. Right, let's read together from Mark chapter 16, if you've got your Bible. I'll just read it. It says, uh, when the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go and anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb. And they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But they looked up and they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in white robes, sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He is risen. He's not here. See this place where they laid him, but go and tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee and there you will see him just as he told you. We've already sung the words this morning that this is the greatest day in history. We're celebrating the greatest day in history when Jesus Christ rose from the dead. That angel said, he's not here. He is risen. In, uh, in, if you read the version in the Gospel of Luke, he asked this question, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Easter changes everything. The resurrection of Jesus changes everything. The stone was rolled away. Just flick to the next slide for me, will you? The stone was rolled away. You see, after Good Friday, Jesus was dead. And the Jewish authorities thought that they'd finally got rid of him dealt with the trouble, the uprising that he was causing. The Romans, I guess, hoped that by going along with it, things would settle down again. 
The disciples were scared and they'd gone into hiding. To be honest, they didn't just, they just didn't get it at all. They'd been following Jesus all the way into Jerusalem, never really quite understanding fully what it was that he was saying, what he was about. They thought he was going to lead a revolution. They thought there was going to be a big showdown, a big fight. And Jesus would seize power and become the leader of the Jews. And they'd kick out the Romans and everything was going to be amazing. But Jesus never said that. He talked about a completely different type of revolution. And the disciples just hadn't got it. And now he was dead. So what did it matter anyway? I imagine that the disciples were feeling pretty cheesed off by the time they got to Easter Sunday morning. And then came Sunday morning. And suddenly the stones rolled away and the tomb is empty and the body of Jesus is gone. And all that's left are some grave clothes and an angel saying, he's not here. I mean, that, that, does just, that just doesn't happen, does it? That just doesn't happen. And uh, for the people who look into the historical stuff around the resurrection, there, there are two basic themes in the evidence for why we can believe the resurrection it's true. The first one surrounds, centers around where was Jesus' body? And the second one centers around how many people actually saw him, how many witness accounts there were. See, as soon as they, they heard the body of Jesus was missing from the tomb, you can imagine that the Jewish leaders and the Roman leaders would have got their, all their people out searching frantically for Jesus' dead body. They would have needed to find it. They would have searched everywhere. They would have wanted to display the dead body of Jesus so that they could say, he's not alive, he's dead. Look, here's his body. But they couldn't do that. They didn't do that. They weren't able to because it wasn't there. It's very unlikely that the disciples would have stolen it and hidden it themselves. Otherwise, why would they have then gone on to do the things that they'd have done? Knowing that he wasn't really alive, that it was all just some big trick. How would that explain the changes that happened to them? So, evidence for the resurrection part one says, nobody, nobody could find the body. There was no body. And then there's the witnesses. First one, and then two, and then a few more. And then a whole room full of people. And then loads of people all reporting to see Jesus alive. Talking him, talking to him, touching him and being with him. On the first Easter Sunday, Jesus did the thing that no one else in history could ever do. He defeated death. The ultimate act of recreation. And that's why the cross that we usually look at is an empty cross. Because it helps us remember that Jesus died for us, yes. That he took our sin and our pain and our mess, yes. But that he came down and rose from the grave. And the grave is empty and the cross is empty because he's risen. And in a little while, just in a few minutes, we're going to split into a number of activities. And two of the activities that you can choose to do, there won't be time for you to do all of them, but two of those activities are to make crosses. This, this cross here, it's very cool actually. What you can do is you can scratch onto it. So you can scratch on something like, here are the things that I want to take to the cross with me. You won't be able to read this, but I've written loneliness. But maybe there are some other things that you'd want to write. 
And then the brilliant thing is once you've done that, you can scratch the whole thing off. I won't do it now because I haven't got time, but it makes a beautiful coloured cross. So if you want to do one of those, and then you take that home and you remember, this is what Jesus did for me. The other activity you can do is to use one of these crosses where you can press out these little shapes and then end up making something that looks a little bit like this. Okay? There's all sorts of different options that you can choose to make a stained glass cross, which... Maybe you can display on your window and we'll remind you again of the Easter story of what Jesus did on the cross and at resurrection. Those are just two of the activities. Another one of those activities, by the way, is to use some Play-Doh. To use some Play-Doh to make the story, the characters from the story and to act those out. Okay, so that's three and I'll tell you about the other two in a minute. We're going to break down into uh, activities in just a few minutes. But the Easter, you know, the resurrection power of Jesus wasn't just applicable then. It's just as applicable now as it was back then. Jesus' resurrection power is available to every single person here and now. He is in the business of using his power to bring hope, to turn things around, to bring things back to life, to bring people back to life, to bring us back to life. The messes we've made of our lives, he can do something with. This is beautifully demonstrated in a movie that I'd love you to watch. It's called Falling Plates. It's about four minutes. Kids, if you're colouring, just turn and look this way. You might just want to watch this movie. This just explains a little bit about what Jesus did at Easter. Go for it, guys. You, look at your eyes, look at them, speckled, colorful, each one unique, and I created every one of them. I created everything, the universe, and you. I gave you your personality. I made you pure. day. I give you life. I love you. But something happened. You cheated on me. You didn't trust me. You sinned. You cut yourself off from me. And although you're still alive, were slowly dying. So you looked for other things. To fill the void. But nothing works. It just kills you faster. And it separates us more and more. I don't want you to die. 
created you. Not to be destroyed, but to know me. So I became one of you. A fragile creation. I was tempted. But I never sinned. I came to save you. You have so many sins. And they have a cost. Someone has to die. You or me. So I took on your sin. pictures in that movie there's a description of what Jesus did for us for each of us for the world and what we celebrate at Easter on Good Friday and on Easter Sunday he did it then and he's been doing it ever since offering us a new start bringing light into darkness bringing healing where there's sickness and pain Bringing comfort and restoration where there's brokenness and transforming lives. Many of us know already, have known the transforming power at work in our lives. Maybe we can describe how things have changed for us since we started to get to know Jesus. Since we started to choose to live his way. I mean, life isn't perfect as a Christian. In fact, sometimes it's harder than it ever was, but... It's changed because we're walking with Jesus. And we have a most amazing companion for the journey. The most wonderful friend who's with us and for us and walking with us all the way. I would never swap this life of walking with Jesus for anything else. That's my story. The story of God bringing things and continuing to bring things back to life in my life. The transformation, the healing of emotions and pain and loneliness and memories. That's the experience of many of us here. And the call for us is to take that out. Take that message of love and transformation and hopefulness and live that out among our friends and families and communities. Another of the activities that you could do this morning in just a couple of minutes when I turn you over to it. Is to, uh, is to just make up a small bunch of daffodils and write a card and take it to somebody, not somebody here, but somebody who really needs to know just a little bit of love 
just some of the kindness of God. Maybe as you're thinking, as you're listening to me, you can be asking God, is there somebody I could do that for? We've got about 80 bunches or something, 60 bunches. And uh, if you wanted to do that, don't everybody do it. But if you felt like you wanted to and that would be good, then that's another of those activities that you can do. Now, actually, maybe some of us are nowhere near close to that point. You know, I've just described how many of us here have known the transforming power of Jesus in our lives. But maybe you just came today because you knew there's something about coming to church that makes you feel good. Something that's more than just nice people and good coffee. Something that's different, but maybe you don't know much about Jesus or what it actually means to follow him. But you've come here today and something about what's going on here is captivating you. Maybe you've been coming the last few weeks. Maybe you've sent something here that's hopeful. Maybe it's a positive energy or a warmth. I'm here to tell you that that is the power and the love of Jesus, the resurrection power of Jesus. I mean, Easter Sunday is special, but actually every Sunday is a day to celebrate the power and love of Jesus. Actually, every day is a day to celebrate that. And I really want to encourage you that if that's where you're at in your life, give Jesus a try. Honestly, walking with Jesus will make all the difference. It will change your life. A guy called Tim Keller wrote this. He's a pastor in New York. And he said this, why is it so hard to do the right thing if you know it's going to cost your money, reputation, maybe even your life? Why is it so hard to face your own death or the death of loved ones? It's so hard because we think that this broken world is the only world we're ever going to have. It's easy to feel as if this money is the only wealth we'll ever have, as if this body is the only body we'll ever have. And this is what Keller said, but if Jesus is risen, then your future is so much more beautiful and so much more certain than any of that. And Jesus' resurrection is amazing and impactful for all of us. And some of us here have already made a start on that journey. We're just exploring what it means to be a follower of Jesus. We're finding out more about walking with Jesus and what that really means practically. We're considering the cost, weighing up the pros and cons. Now, we are certainly not here to twist anybody's arm or force the Bible down anybody's throats. But we do have a message to share. The joy and peace that we have found in walking with Jesus. And some of our life groups that Chris was just talking about are specifically geared up to help us further explore that faith. If that's the place that you're in, you're just kind of checking this thing out, you know, then then speak to the guys at the life group desk because they will help you find a safe and non-threatening environment where you could just go and make a bit more of that journey. (coughs) Wherever you're at today, I want to encourage you to keep walking forward, to stay on the journey. What is Jesus saying to you right here and right now? What is the next step? Maybe it's time for you to take a significant step today. Maybe it's time to allow for the first time Jesus to come and be the 100% total Lord of your life. To accept his offer for the first time. We're actually finding most weeks here that there is somebody, one or two people, maybe more, who want to find out more about Jesus, who are coming, who are making a specific decision to choose to follow him today. You could do that today. And at the end of the service, there'll be an opportunity to do that. And we'd love to pray with you. Now, what we're going to do is in a minute, I'm going to ask us to, uh, I'm going to dismiss you to go to one of five activities. Just put the last slide up for me, just so you know what's going on. And we're going to spend about 15 minutes in these activity groups. 
And then we're going to come back together, have communion together and finish off with some worship. Here are the things that you can do. You can wrap some daffodils and write a card to give away to somebody. That's going to happen just at these tables, just at the back of the chairs here. Or you can make crosses. There are some stained glass crosses to make and they're down here at the front. There are some scratch crosses to do and they're back in the cafe. Or there's the Play-Doh characters from the Easter story. That's right through in the Big Fish Room. Okay. Or if you don't want to do any of that, you can just come and get one of these sheets here. And this is just a quiet reflection sheet. You just take this passage from Philippians, find a bit of space and just spend a few minutes thinking and meditating on that. Those are the activities we're going to do. And then I'm going to call us back together. We're going to celebrate communion together. But first, I want you to watch this one minute video. Okay, just watch this. This is a rapper called Lecrae. And he was asked to give the story, the message of the gospel, the message of Jesus in under a minute. So this is Lecrae just giving us in a less than one minute summary of what this is all about. Um, so just rap? Yeah. All right. <clears throat> I can't offer you nothing, but your care and kindness keeps coming. And your love is so unconditional, I get butterflies in my stomach. I got the old me in the rear view, got a new me, got a clear view. I was so dead, I couldn't hear you. Too deep in sand to come near you, but you drew me in. Clean me up, take me home, beam me up. Before you do, just let me tell the truth and let these folks know that I done seen your love and it's everlasting, infinite. It goes on and on, you can't measure it, you can't quench his love, you can't separate us from the love of God, there's no estimate. My faith looked the same. My frame ain't rearranged, but I'm changed. I promise I ain't the same. Your love's so deep, you suffered and took pain. Died on a cross to give us a new name. Nothing like I seen before. I got a beam and glow. I was low down and dirty, but you clean me, Lord. You adopted me. You keep rocking me. I'm going to tell the world and ain't nobody stopping me. Amazing, huh? Let's pray. Let's pray together. Father God, this is a day to celebrate your resurrection power. And we are so grateful. We are so, so grateful. Grateful that you died on the cross. Grateful that you rose from the dead. And grateful that you're here now by the Holy Spirit, transforming lives, bringing healing, and bringing recreation and resurrection again and again and again. Thank you for your presence here, and thank you that you're speaking to us this morning. Please continue to speak to us. Continue to impact us. Continue to challenge us as we uh, as we do these activities, and we celebrate all that you've done for us. Lord, we want to respond out of our hearts, not just out of words, but out of our hearts. Show us what that looks like this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.